Business Class is brought to you by the Tourism Academy, harnessing the power of science, business psychology, and adult education to advance the tourism industry and build sustainable economies. Learn how to engage your community, win over stakeholders, and get more visitors at tourismacademy.org. Steve Ekstrom here, host of the Business Class Podcast. Today's guest I've been looking forward to chatting with for a while, Monica Smith, President and CEO of the Southeast Tourism Society. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be joining you today. And I'm happy to have you. So for those who don't know, what is the Southeast Tourism Society? That's a great question. We are a regional trade association for tourism professionals in 13 states and DCs. So uh, we are really focused as an association on providing value to our members. And that value is through educational programs that STS puts on each year, um, advocacy opportunities and training, networking opportunities, and then recognition. So whether it be our annual Shining Example Awards or other recognition and shout outs that we can provide to our members um, throughout the year. It just, you know, high five them for the great work that they're doing in their communities around tourism and um, economic development. So your role is is somewhat unique. And I think the same is true for most anybody in a, in a trade association leadership role in that you bridge two different industries. You, you bridge the trade association and association management, and also the industry that you represent, in your case, the, the tourism industry. Um, what parallels do you see between the two? Well, um, I, that's a great question. And one of the things that I would say is, you know, in my former roles as a DMO, a CVB leader, I feel like DMOs are very similar um, especially if they're membership-based organizations to associations. So there's a lot of similarity there, I believe. And I think that makes it easier to bridge, um, just having worked in so many DMOs that were membership-based and membership-driven. So you, you're focused on driving value to the member, uh, explaining the value to your potential non-members, and um providing them with the resources and support to, you know, drive visitations or attract new customers or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the thing that I feel helps me to be successful in this role is because I've been in their shoes in the, in the case of most of our members. Um, and so, and I understand the importance of tourism and the economic impact on a community, how many jobs it can support and sustain you know, how tourism should be a part of the greater, you know, community economic development strategies. Um, The importance of building relationships, not just within the tourism industry, but the other industries that have an impact on on tourism success. And whether that is, you know, arts and culture or history or the transportation, you know, system or the public schools and local colleges and universities, all of those entities have an impact on the success, uh, as well as other, on the successes of, uh, of communities that are focused on tourism creation and sustaining tourism jobs. Tell me about a relationship that you built through your career and, and through tourism that has grown to be more than you expected. Hmm. 
I gotta think about that one. <laughs> Take your time. Um, I Mentors, can tell friends. you about one. Let, let okay. me, I, I'll, I'll tell you about one in particular. And um, it's Donna Carpenter, who is uh, the president and CEO of uh, Explore Capco or the Cabarrus County CVB in uh, Concord, North Carolina. I met Donna many years ago when I was going through CDME. We were in the same CDME class and just kind of connected through that coursework. And uh, she was in, I think she was in North Carolina or South Carolina at the time. And I was in, um, I think at that time I was in Pasadena. And who would have known as we kept in touch over the years that I would end up in the South on the board of STS with Donna and that uh, in the midst of the search for the CEO for STS, <laughs> that Donna would be our, our um, incoming chair and that we would end up working together as CEO and chair of the board and still have that great relationship and um, and so th- I think that probably as I recognized her and thanked her for her service at the chair of STS at, at the, our Connections Conference last fall, that really kind of hit me that our relationship spans so many years and our work together with STS has spanned so many years. Um, and I, I think that's pretty special that we still have a great personal relationship and, you know, help each other with <laughs> tourism related mm-hmm. challenges that we face so tell me about your first travel experience that you can remember my the first travel experience that i can remember i probably had to be like 5 and i remember my family traveling to see one of my uncles that played for vanderbilt i believe we were at a traveling to a football game where he was playing for Vanderbilt University and us being around a swimming pool, the family around a swimming pool at a hotel. That's my earliest (laughs) travel experience. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's on your bucket list? Um, I've got a couple things on my bucket list right now. So my sister and I, my sister lives in Chicago. And we have uh, embarked on what we call our sister travels. So both of us have decided we want to go ahead and visit all 50 states within the next couple of years. Um, And so we had a great road trip last October up to New England. We checked five states off of her list, four off of mine. And, you know, as wives and mothers, it's been really hard over the years, you know, raising children, doing our careers to have that one-on-one sister time. And it was, it was fabulous just to have a week with her alone, driving, seeing the fall foliage, eating a bunch of lobster. And I've, I've done road trips with each of my sisters and uh, I don't know that we'll be doing road trips ever again. <laughs> we had a good time. Yeah, I, I I think one of us would come home in a body bag if it was my family. <laughs> but um, in 
What advice would you give to somebody who's getting started in the industry today? I think that I would give the advice that in this, most industries, relationships are important, but I think in this industry in particular, it is really important um, to maintain those, those relationships. It's, I've just, you know, my career has taken me from Ohio to California to Georgia to Florida, back to Georgia. and, And I just think it's important to remember that your reputation travels with you. And so being a person of integrity, of honesty, you know, trustworthy, I think is really important for a young professional to know, you know, if you're going to be in this industry, it is a lot smaller than what you think it is. And uh, to be a person of integrity, to admit when you make mistakes, help try to fix them, to support other people and lift them up when you can, um, to be a, a bridge builder and a solution seeker when you can is really important. Um, And you are your own brand. Yes, you're representing other destinations, but you yourself are a brand and you have to manage your own brand as well. And you can never learn too much. Professional development, continuing education is is critical in in, uh, having continued success. One of the things I often say is that we are lifelong learners, most of us that, that work in this industry. And I think that's something that we share with travelers as well. And travelers right. want to learn about new places and new experiences and culture and food and art and history and all that stuff. Um, what's something that you learned through your travels that surprised you? I think what I've learned through my travels is that most people want to be helpful to other people. Most people want to share the things that they are proud of and excited about. And in all of our busyness sometimes, um, it's good just to stop and go at somebody else's pace and take time to see the world or their destination from the way that they see it. I think that makes us more connected as humans. It makes us more, have more diverse experiences and develop different expectations of people. Um, You know, as we were traveling New England this past fall, we had a, we were, my sister and I was, were in a small community. I can't even remember the name of the community. I know I just had, we had a great experience there because one of the residents walked up to us and she said, I know just about everybody in this town. And I'm assuming that you two are visitors. And we said, we absolutely (laughs) are. (laughs) And and she told us about the community, how long she lived there and how things were changing with the new police chief that they had. And she told us about some (laughs) some local shops that we need to go in and see. I mean, it was just amazing to hear her be a champion of her community to two people. She didn't know where we were from, but she knew we weren't from there. So, uh, you know, that, that just, you know, that she had the courage and willingness to walk up and, you know, strike up this conversation, I think really left an impact on my sister and I about, you know, they are good people all across this country that want to, you know, share the love of their communities with other people. I spent probably way more money in that community than I should have, but (laughs) (laughs) 
I think the warm welcome and, and like you said, you know, people being ambassadors and advocates for their own community um, is in many cases an underrated asset for destinations uh, or undervalued asset or underexploited asset. Um, so, you know, you're right. When we feel comfortable, we feel welcome. We, we do spend more time, more money, uh, and we're more invested in it. So, um, who, growing up, who did you look up to? Hmm. I think, you know, I think the person that I most, you know, obviously respected was my mother. Um, but I had other mentors, career mentors, um, in, you know, in high school and going into college. But as I think about it, my mom was the one that facilitated our my love of travel. I just remember us, most of my family was in Jacksonville, Florida, but we were living in Ohio and Columbus and then eventually Cleveland. And I remember our road trips from Ohio back to Florida for her to drop us off for our summer breaks. And I I was always excited about that. I was always excited about us, you know, seeing the other cars and seeing what other states people were from and listening to the various music that we would hear as we went through different states. And um, I didn't realize it at that time how important the road trips were to me and even how I love now to even do the road trips. So I think that was a great influence. I don't, I don't, know how she felt when I told her I would be going into hospitality management, but she's okay <laughs> with it now. <laughs> uh, I'm taking my 12-year-old niece on a road trip this summer. What advice would you give me? Um, tell her to get her playlist together, her music playlist. You can learn a lot from them about their music because uh, I have a 14-year-old too. <laughs> uh, get the snacks and treats. If you can convince her to do, uh, we with our family, we used to love to do audiobooks when we were in the car with the kids um, and just listen to a book together and just make, make the time for her to just have some conversation. At that age, they've got some, some brilliant ideas and some ideas you listen to. And you're like, I got to give this child some advice. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, let her choose some of the places that she wants to stop. Right. And you may, you may get, you may learn a little bit from her. So I remember we had our first trip to, uh, with the family to New Orleans. My son, Caleb, he's now 21, a senior in college. But I remember that week I was there for a conference and the family was out doing things. And he said, Mom, can we go to the World War II Museum? He asked me every day for like five days. And I said, Caleb, I, I really have no interest in going to the World War II Museum, but we'll make time before we leave and go back to Macon. And it was five days of him asking. <laughs> and we finally went on our, before we were going to go back, head back to Macon. That was one of the best museums I have ever been in. Totally was not what I was expecting. and. I felt like that was the highlight of our trip because he kept saying, mom, can we go? I researched it, mom. Can we go? 
So sometimes just giving in to the younger ones and letting them lead and guide us sometimes will give us a, a different experience. I really appreciated what I learned and how that museum was designed and operated. It was really, is really one of the best museums I've been in. You mentioned your mother. Yes. How are you most like your mother? um, How am I most like her? I think um, really a woman of faith and a mother wanting to do the right thing by her children. So I bring her with to me with she's been to STS conferences before to to help me out. <laughs> so <laughs> I put her to work sometimes. What is the one thing you're most proud of? Hmm. I think uh, in my career. I am most proud of the people that I've had a chance to mentor and help grow in their careers. And personally, I think that's my I think that's my legacy and helping to to develop the next generation of tourism leaders. That's really what I'm passionate about. So I'm going to keep doing that because I get joy out of that. (laughs) I get joy out of speaking to college students and giving them ideas about other careers related to tourism besides, and I mean, I worked in restaurants, I worked in hotels, obviously I worked in CVBs. There are so many more opportunities in this industry that we're really not exposing the young people to. Um, That are quality, high paying jobs with benefits um, that will allow them to explore the world and take their families with them sometimes and uh, and I think as an industry, we're realizing, especially in, the, in light of the workforce challenges, that we, we've got to start talking to kids about tourism careers much, much earlier, not waiting until they get to college and trying to convince them at that point. But, you know, in the eighth grade at their career fairs in the middle school and high school at the career fairs and through, you know, groups like DECA getting involved with them to talk about tourism and hospitality careers. We got to start earlier if we want to ramp up and close the gap on all the folks that we've lost from our industry during the pandemic. At your eighth grade career fair, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I probably wanted to be an accountant, which is what I thought I would be going into the hotel school. I thought I would become a hotel controller and eventually get my CPA. And um, after a year of doing that, after I graduated from college and went to work for Marriott, I I remember calling a mentor of mine who was an older student. She was a single mom that entered Cornell in her freshman year, just at the same time that I did. I remember calling her and saying after a year, I'm not sure that, you know, this is right for me. And she said, Monica, she was 28. And when I was 18, So she said, Monica, I never saw you in accounting. I said, you didn't? Why didn't you say anything? I said, well, when did you see me? She said, I always saw you in a sales role. And that is what prompted my interest in sales. And the rest is history. (laughs) 
what is something about sales that people often misunderstand? It's not about closing the deal. It's about establishing the relationship. And taking the time to understand what that client needs and whether or not you can provide it from your destination, your hotel, your convention center, your attraction, whatever. Um, But the relationship is important because while, I mean, there are clients that I've, that have gone from one desk book with me in California and and turn around and had an opportunity to book with them somewhere else. And so, or in Ohio and then in California, California and Georgia, what have you. Um, And so it really is about the relationship Um, because I remember I met a gentleman Oh, gosh, I forgot what name of this group was. But um, I had booked his conference when I was in Cleveland with the Cleveland CVB at that time. That's very early in my career. And then when I moved to Jacksonville and worked for Visit Jacksonville in a sales role, he was one of the clients doing a site visit. He was like, don't I remember you from Cleveland? I'm like, that's been 20 years ago. (laughs) And that was his very last conference before he retired. It was in Jacksonville that I had a chance to see this man. I booked his business at the early part of my career and be at his last conference in a whole nother city and state that I thought that was amazing. And that that's just the nature of our business. We have just sales relationships. We have just a couple seconds left. Uh, Is there anything you'd like to ask me? Besides your trip with your niece, your road trip with your niece, what are your other plans for travel in 2023? Well, this is being recorded for audio. So what the audience doesn't see is what's behind me and the fact that I'm in an RV. (laughs) You were in an RV? (laughs) I sold my house about a year and a half ago. And uh, I figured I'd take a road trip for a couple months and visit some friends that I'd made in the industry, um, see some places that I've learned about and come to love, but hadn't been able to experience. And that turned into me buying an RV and a year and a half later, still traveling. Wow. So I am in Southern Baja, California now. All right. And I will make my way back up north as it warms. And. Uh, take my niece out this summer okay well if you pass through atlanta let me know oh absolutely (laughs) i'd like to see your rv (laughs) (laughs) you stick around long enough i might sell it to you be careful okay (laughs) my sister and i would take that on a road trip too (laughs) (laughs) Um, my last question is what is something about you that might surprise most people um I am an avid reader, and this is kind of one of my fun facts. I probably read at least 100 books a year. Wow. I love the libraries, but I love the library apps even more. (laughs) I can (laughs) download books while I'm traveling and read while I'm traveling. And what's your favorite book? I don't have a favorite book. Um, I just, I like, well, there's, I always... I'm going to share with you this. I love the Jack Reacher series. I don't know if you know about Jack Reacher books, <laughs> but yeah, 
I always look forward to to the next sequel coming out. So my husband keeps an eye out so he can share those with me too. So <laughs> I like mysteries, but I re- really enjoy the Jack Reacher books. Gotcha. If folks want to learn more about STS, become involved, how would they go about doing so? They can go ahead and, and reach out to us on uh, at southeasttourism.org or they can reach us at STS at southeasttourism.org and check out our website. Plenty of information about membership and uh, the great educational programs we got coming up this year, we're really excited about. So, And we're excited to work with you on those, too. So thank you for that. And thank you for your time today. Thank you for inviting me, Stephen. <laughs> Have a wonderful afternoon. You, too. Bye-bye.